The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 18th chapter. Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many times as seven? Jesus said, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children, and all of his possessions, and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. <clears throat> so my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or your sister from your heart. This is the Gospel of the Lord. A letter to Joseph. Dear Joseph, our congregation just read a short story about you today, and I have a question for you. Why did you weep when you were talking with your brothers? Is it because you had just buried your father Jacob, who loved you more than any of his sons? Are you overcome by memories of the love that he bore for you? Are you recalling the extraordinary robe he gave to you as an expression of his love? You were his favorite, after all, and everybody knew it. Also, it is true, you and your brothers have had a contentious and dramatic history filled with betrayal and jealousy and lies. To be sure, tables have certainly turned in your life to get you where you are today. No one will ever forget that long ago your brothers rose up against you in jealousy and threw you into a pit. Some brothers were so envious of your father's favoritism that they even wanted to kill you. Thank God your brothers Reuben and Judah were voices of reason. So instead of death, you were stripped of your precious robe and thrown into a pit. Finally, your brothers sold you into slavery for some pieces of silver. 
After selling you into slavery, your brothers then lied about you. To your father Jacob, they dipped your robe in blood and told him that you had been attacked by wild animals and were dead. Your father's heart broke into a million pieces that day. He didn't know that in reality, you were taken to Egypt and sold to Potiphar, one of the highest officials of the king, also known as Pharaoh. You prospered in the house of Potiphar. In fact, he put you in charge of everything he had. You were successful and respected, that is, until you caught the eye of Potiphar's lusty wife. Her false accusations of your alleged seduction landed you in jail. It was there, in your jail cell, where dreams and visions and prophecy came to you. In time, even Pharaoh himself entrusted you with his own dreams for you to interpret. You predicted a great famine that would devastate the entire land. Pharaoh was so amazed and astonished that he freed you from prison and made you governor of Egypt so that you could prepare the land and the people for the drought to come. You were adorned with precious jewels and clothes made of the finest linen, and people bowed before you. Under your charge, for seven years, Egypt stored up so much grain that it was like the sand of the sea, so much that it was beyond measure. And then, exactly as you had predicted, disaster struck. A great drought descended upon the land. For seven years, crops failed, and starving people from near and far came to you for grain to feed their families. One day, among the endless people standing in line for food, you saw your brothers. Back in Canaan, your father had heard that there was grain in Egypt and had commanded them to go and buy as much as they could carry. Will you ever forget that moment when you looked down and saw them bowing at your feet, pleading for food? How the tables had turned, these brothers of yours who once had attacked you, thrown you into a pit, sold you into slavery, and lied to your father. These same brothers are now begging at your feet. They didn't recognize you. Years had passed since the crimes they had committed against you. You were a boy then. You are a man now, powerful and rich and strong. You had the ear of the king himself. You could have easily destroyed them with the flick of your wrist, just as they had tried to destroy you, but they had failed to destroy you, and now you held their lives in your hand. So you falsely accused them of being spies and threw them in jail for a few days. Did that feel good? I bet that felt good. But then you couldn't stand it anymore, and finally you revealed yourself to them. I am Joseph, you said. Remember me? You cried so loudly that the entire house of Pharaoh heard it. Your brothers fell at your feet, shocked and terrified. And then you said to them, come here. Come closer to me. 
Trembling, they crawled towards you. Hey, remember me from long ago, the one you tried to kill? Remember me? Don't be afraid. I will not harm you. But tell me, does our father still live? Go and give him the news that I am alive. Go home, gather everything you own, and come back to me. I will feed you. I will protect you. And that is what they did. And the day finally came when you and your father Jacob were reunited. Remember how you wept? Remember how he wept? He who had thought you were dead all these years? Your father said, now at last I can die in peace, having seen with my own eyes that you live. Meanwhile, the drought worsened. And having run out of money, your brothers had no way to pay for grain. And so you bought them. They became slaves to Pharaoh. An ironic twist of fate. Another turning of the tables. Did that feel good? I bet that felt good. Finally, after speaking his final words to you and your brothers, your father Jacob breathed his last and he died. And you threw yourself on him and you sobbed. News of his death spread throughout the land. Your father was so well respected that even the Egyptians wept for 70 days. You and your brothers and a great company from Pharaoh's house traveled to Canaan to bury your father Jacob in the cave in the field of Machpelah, in the field near Mamre, just as he had instructed you to do. Realizing that their father was dead, and there was now no one to protect them from any revenge you might still seek, your brothers lied again and said, um, Joseph, it was our father's final wish that you forgive us for everything that we did to you. And once again, even knowing that they were lying with their lives in your hand again, you said, do not be afraid. No harm will befall you. I will take care of you and your families. And then you wept. And then they wept. Which brings me back to my original question. Why? Why did you weep? Were you overwhelmed by grief over your father's recent death? Were you lamenting the special love that he had for you? Were you recalling the robe he gifted you years ago, now lost forever, long ago soaked in false blood and discarded to rot in some remote ditch? Were you crying tears of anguish over all of those years lost to lies that while your father thought you were dead, you in fact lived? Did you weep because you knew that those brothers who stood before you had resented you your entire life and resented you still? Did you and they weep because of your extraordinary gift for interpreting dreams, a gift they jealously did not possess, knowing no matter what reconciliation took place, you would never ever fully understand each other? Is that why you wept? because the pain and suffering they had caused you for so very long were your tears of injustice and were their tears, tears of guilt? Or were your tears redemptive, cleansing somehow, baptismal somehow, a new beginning in your relationship with your brothers? Were they tears of forgiveness 
and reconciliation? Did you see in their eyes all that they had done to you and yet somehow still loved them with all your heart? Did your brain tell you to relinquish all responsibility for them, but did your heart yet claim them as your own? Did you feel a sense of washing away of what had been to make room for what might be? You don't know this yet, but you will live to a ripe old age. You will see three generations of your own bloodline before you finally die. You will be laid to rest in Egypt, where your people will be so fruitful that they will become a threat to the authoritative powers. The Pharaoh whom you now serve will become your own people's greatest enemy. They will be enslaved until Moses leads them to freedom. You can't know this, but from your bloodline comes another. From the blood of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and you and your brothers, all the way through the generations of King David and Solomon, there comes another Joseph, whose father was also Jacob, who has a child with a woman named Mary. And that child is named Jesus. Like you, he is wise and merciful. Like you, instead of condemning to death, he gives life. Like you, he is compassionate, yet strong, and does not flinch in the presence of power. Like you, he weeps when his friends die, when he is left alone in a garden before he is handed over to be executed. Like you, he is also betrayed to enemies for a few pieces of silver. Like you, he is stripped from his robes and thrown into a pit only to rise. Like you, he will be oppressed and enslaved only to rise to power and he will be crowned king of kings. Joseph, the grace you show in your one corner of the world foreshadows the grace of the one who is to come. This Jesus, who saves not only his brothers and his people, but also the entire world, gathering in the ones who betray and deceive and lie, gathering in the broken and bent ones, gathering in the weak and vulnerable and rejected ones, gathering in all who cry out to God from places you cannot yet know, places called Libya and Morocco and Ukraine and Uganda and Afghanistan and North Korea, gathering in the entire cosmos that cries out for justice and for healing. From your own bloodline comes one whose grace not only reaches forward to generations yet unborn, but also reaches backwards to generations long since dead, including Abraham, Isaac, and your own father Jacob. With your death, the book of Genesis comes to an end. There is quite a journey between this first book and the last, but rest assured it is one of God entering the story of humanity by becoming human himself. You only know how the story begins, but we know how it ends. It is a story of triumphant power as Jesus takes his throne over the entire universe and announces a kingdom of peace and grace where there will be no more weeping, where mourning will be no more, where death will be no more. 
and God will wipe away every tear from every eye, for those first things have passed away, and it will be a new day. Joseph, from your bloodline comes the Savior of all creation, whose kingdom, abundance, and generosity is for all people, which you embodied and foreshadowed. Jesus will know your name, and long after your bones have turned to dust, you will forever remain a part of the constellation of ancestors that shaped who he was meant to be, one who is oppressed but chooses not to oppress others, one who forgives those who harm him most, one who will never reject the hand stretched out in need, one whose stores of bread are full to bursting, one who feeds every single person with his own body and blood. For these reasons, I think, you wept. And your brothers wept that day when you encountered one another after your father had died. They are the same reasons I weep. The same reasons all people weep. When confronted with realities we can neither articulate nor understand. When we are betrayed and deceived when our human relationships break apart, when we lose hope, when we lose the ones we love, when we cry out for justice and reconciliation, when we cry out to be understood and loved. Joseph, you weep because you wish to be delivered from the pain that you have held in your heart for so very long. Believe me that your Savior will come to you. Jesus will find you in time and space. Every pharaoh and king and czar and president will bow before him. And when you breathe your last and when you are gathered to your people, you will join your father Jacob and your grandfather Isaac and your great-grandfather Abraham in this vast creation that is hand held in the hands of its creator. And you will live forever with your beloved father as your bodies are cast into the universe to create brilliant new stars which your future generations will observe in the night skies. For the goodness and grace that you embraced, for all the pain and suffering that you endured, for all the sins you forgave, for all the justice you commanded, for all the love you embodied, I thank you, Joseph. You can disregard my question because I think I now understand why you wept. With all my love to you, Sarah. <laughs>